Today, this is my favorite holiday because this is the day that allowed me to live the life that I live today. This is what was given to me, this gift was given to me today um, by his death. Um, you can hear the voice through all kinds of different instruments. So the other day, no, not the other day, this morning, I'm going to uh, physical therapy for my back. And I am playing non-Christian music in the car, okay? We got rap going, and there's a guy who passed away a long time ago by the name of Big L. And he said this, and then all of a sudden it just clicked. And it was, goes like this. If you battle me, you pick the wrong head. I smash mics like cornbread. Now here's the part. You can't kill me because I was born dead. That's when I heard it. You couldn't kill me. Drugs couldn't kill me. Stabbed twice. Run over once. Nine car accidents. MRSA. Five surgeries. Double pneumonia. Was found. <laughs> when I had double pneumonia, my wife loves this. We had just started dating. This is the first time I told her I loved her. And because there was some little man in the room talking to me because of my fever, I was hallucinating. And then she walked in and I told her I loved her. But she, they found me because my, the heat had gone out in my house and had snowed. They found me on the roof because I was, I was too tired once I got up there to try to fix stuff to get back down. So there's many a chances they had to kill me, but I was already dead. It didn't matter what you brought against me. I'm already dead. So living in a life of darkness, eternal darkness, that we do before we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, we, we just manage to get through each and every day. That's all we try to do is survive. Uh, people ask me, how are you doing? And I like to say, same fight, different round. Okay? Because it is a continual battle for me. But now I see this battle in something different. I, I, I thought... Before, I thought about how my life was. Same fight, different round. This is a, you're looking at a guy who used to stand on a street corner with a sign. Okay? Homeless. And I used to say that. Now, I think about something else. I put it towards my addiction that each day I'm going to fight this each and every day. And so in doing this and thinking about how dark I was, and then it was, you can't kill me. I was born dead. And then today came, the day that he was crucified. So we're going to start in Isaiah 53, and we're going to read 4 and 5. This is how this goes. Yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we brought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. And he was whipped so we could be healed. And he went away. Some of us, who have gone through addiction issues, 
we go to a detox, okay? Detox, and detox is defined as a noun, a process or period of time in which one abstains or rids the body of toxic or unhealthy substances. My body was full of toxicity. My body was full of an unclean spirit. And I had to learn to abstain from my old way of thinking since I am this new creature in Christ. I had to work on cleansing myself, detoxing myself. Sometimes it takes a little while to detox, depending on how much damage you've done to your body with whatever substance it is. Detox does not have a time period. But it's a time to look within yourself. You're going to go away, probably. You're in a little, nice little room, and you're going to detox. Well, he was gone for three days. He was gone for three days. Crushed by our sin, beaten, spit on, and it took three days to detox that. To remove our sin from him took three days, and then he rose. This is long as, just like we have risen ourselves. We have gone through a time, and we've all done this. It doesn't matter whether your addiction is Crack cocaine, whether it's alcohol, whether it's pills, whether it's Amazon, whether it's television, Netflix, it doesn't matter. There's something that you are putting inside here that's not allowing the Holy Spirit to fully envelop your soul. And that is a struggle because it comes to a point where we have to start facing ourselves and understanding who the enemy is. We like to blame Satan as the enemy or the fact that somebody cut us off, or the fact that whatever, just put it in there. That's the problem. But it takes two to tango. So maybe that's not your problem. Maybe it, you are the problem. How did I interact with that individual? What did I say? What was my tone? That's a big thing in my house. My tone is terrible, okay? Uh, you, it is. It's really bad. And it's really bad, and it's coachy, okay? It is very coachy. And my daughter's like, you can't talk to me like a coach. And I was like, yes, I can. <laughs> and I'm wrong because I can't because that's not what she needs. I was trying to give her some information and try to make, not make it have feeling. But what she needed was not a coach but her dad to give her that. So you have to check yourself, and you have to understand what you're really saying. You've got to detox. There's a lot of us that have some built-up information that was provided to us that was not good. A lot of us who come to this church are detoxing from a past church. We are removing all that is wrong with it and getting down to some basic concepts Live your life with love. Live your life with love. That's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to do to live your life with love. But look what love gave you. He gave you today. That's what love gave you. He died today. He took his last breath. This is for Sheila. Upon the cross, he looked out thousands of years. <laughs> 
and he saw each and every one of us, and he relaxed, and his last breath went away because he knew there would be people at this time that understood who he was and his power, and we would continue to move that, that word forward. And he relaxed. And if any of, those, any of us who have been around a, a loved one that dies, you know that look, you know that shallow breath, and then they're gone. And he did that because he knew we were all going to be here, doing what we're supposed to be doing. His stripes I am healed. He has already healed me. The victory is mine. I say this a lot. I was not, I like to read, but I'm also a procrastinator. Okay? So book reports involve reading and not procrastination. Let me read the back of this real quick. Book report done. Flip to the back of the book. So the book report's done. Some of us like to skim. Boy, this is a lot of pages in here. Whew. Ah, yeah, we win. We just flip to the back. Victory's already ours. It's how you're going to model yourself in that victory. How are you going to live your life in this glory that we have, this abundant life that we have? How are you going to live that? Are you going to be a person that hoards that abundance and keeps it and hides yourself and not tell other people about what struggles you've went through to glorify the Lord? You're going to stash a couple or are you going to live this life of abundance? There's a choice that has to be made. You have to choose to detox. You have to choose not to put things back into your system. And then you have to choose to live the life that he's given us with no bounds, no limits, no restraints. The life that he has given us. By his stripes, I am healed. All we need is that little mustard seed of faith. We just need that mustard seed of faith, just that little bit to tell you that I'm going to be okay. No matter what I face, no matter what my body is doing to me, I am going to be okay. Whatever I'm going through, I'm going to be all right. I may not like it. I'm not saying I'm going to enjoy some things because I don't enjoy, I don't enjoy looking in the mirror because the mirror never lies. It never lies. And you have to look at yourself in that mirror. We don't always look at ourselves in that mirror. We look at the towel rack or the shower curtain. Okay? We don't look at ourselves because we have to unlearn and remove so much toxicity from past relationships that have put limits by hurt people have put limits on you and told you things about yourself. Hurt people did that. It is uh, this past week, putting together a message and, and then the, the two Bible studies, I was talking to a, a, a young lady who was talking about uh, how Catholicism is different. And then I asked the question, because I'm ignorant. 
uh, is their Bible different? She was like, no. I said, so y'all have the same Bible we have? Yeah. For real? Shocked by this. Because she could name all these saints. Nowhere in here it tells me to do 17 Hail Marys and six Our Fathers. He was nailed to the cross. The blood was shed. That's it. I repent, and that's it. I move forward. But she was angry at her family because she had been, this information had been passed down by hurt people. The television show that I watched on Netflix called The Peaky Blinders. It starts in 1919, Birmingham, England. Okay? It's a group of, it's a family, the Shelbys. The Shelbys are back. The three brothers went to World War I and have returned. And by the end of the show, it's 1934. So we're going 1919 to 1934. Very hard times. You're coming back from war. Not so much huggy-huggy. Not so much emotionally available. The youngest brother dies. And the older, oldest brother and the middle brother, they just tap each other on the shoulder. That's love? So their children are going to see that version of love. Here in the United States, 1919, we're starting to think about going into the, the depressions in 29. We've got the whole Dust Bowl. We've got expansion westward going across the United States. And people are here in the Midwest are having families. Not because they're having fun. It's because we need employees. Because we've got to have a lot of people to work this farm. So that's not about love and caring. It's get up, get to the cows, get the hay out, feed the chickens, do everything you have to do before you go off to school, come back from school, start all over. Then they have children. Those children went to World War II. Then they had children. They went to Vietnam. Then they had children. They went to um, the 110-hour war. Out of all those times, these men, who were the leaders of their house, they've never had a chance to learn how to feel or how to love. So they're birthing children and teaching them the same information that they have. And that information is poor. It doesn't allow people to be huggy-huggy, to be emotional. It freaks people out. Why are you crying? Ugh. That's how they grew up. So if you've grown up for years upon generation upon generation of bad information, of rotten information, not talking about love, not talking about the healing that we have, not talking about how important it is for us as a family to improve upon. You were just out there. So a lot of people have some toxicity, some detoxing that they need to do. Because there is pain deep inside you. There is hurt deep inside you. There is shame deep inside you. There is anger deep inside you. And until you remove all of that, and you detox, you cannot receive 
the blessings and the life that the Holy Spirit wants for you because we don't make any room for him. It's all filled with junk. And it's by people who loved us the best way they knew how. They just didn't know how. They just didn't know how. It wasn't their fault. They had just never experienced it. If you've never experienced unfailing love, how are you supposed to move forward? How are we supposed to understand unfailing love from our Heavenly Father? If we have fathers who only just provided money and bills and then was catered to when he got back to the house from his long day, slippers, beer, food, television, everybody gone. If you grew up in a house like that, you feel that toxicity. You've got to detox from that because you learned a core value at an early age. Dad comes home, dad gets his slippers, dad gets a beer, dad gets the remote, dad gets his food brought to the table, and then everybody goes away to leave dad alone. And what are we teaching? What are we showing? What's the example? That's what we have to detox. That's what we have to get rid of. We have to understand that our, our Heavenly Father gave his son his only son, his only child, to die on a crucifix, to bleed out, to suffer horrible pain so that we can not do what we're supposed to do, not live the way we're supposed to live, keep our light inside of us, don't allow it to shine. Don't go to people, don't talk to people, because what my pain is, is totally unlike your pain, and you don't understand what I'm thinking anyway. Well, how do you know? Because you ain't asked. You haven't asked. Nobody knows. We have so much power in this room right now, from the stories that are inside of us right now, the teachings that are inside of us right now, to express to people, guess what? I've faced cancer, I can do this. I've faced breast surgery, I can do this. I've faced whatever, I can do this because I now have this information that's telling me that not only am I healed, but I am victorious in my healing. And that's what we get from tonight. This is where it begins right now. The pool of blood is still wet. It's still wet. The cross is still streaked. But your debts are paid your life has been cleansed. We just got to understand we have to start living in this. We're being prepared for something. We are being prepared. This new healthy lifestyle we have to live. It's so important right now. It's so important right now when the state of our country right now, love has to be the right thing to do. And we can't, we can't as believers exclude people. because I didn't get excluded, and I should have been. No reason. So we got to keep doing that, because we're learning how to be, we're being taught everything brand new by this Holy Spirit. It's showing us stuff. Mm -hmm. So we have to use these new teachings, because we have to provide new disciples, because we have to make that change for the next generation, so that generation can have information instead of a lack of information that we had. 
We have to provide that information. My grandson is seven, and he is so much farther ahead of me right now. I didn't go to church till I was in my mid-30s. He's been going from jump. He's ahead of me because we made a decision to get rid of bad information. And it was a struggle. I'm not going to say it was easy. Being an addict is not, you know, it's not easy. We like to make really bad decisions on really bad times. That's just one of the things we like to do because that's something that we can hold on to. Because what happens to a lot of people is success is scary is all get out. Not only success, but feeling good about yourself. Loving yourself is frightening because that means you're lovable. So that means everything that was taught to you in the past, everything that was said to you no longer exists, and I'm supposed to live in this new exciting life, this love that I have, this ability to go ahead and have this new beginning. But boy, not every day do I feel like I'm good with this, not feeling it, okay? There are people who don't feel that because they have gone to church. And our job is to reclaim them. We need to go find those who are lost. That's our job. Our job is to be the living word, to move forward, to show people what it looks like to be covered in the blood of Christ. Here I am. This is my issues, and he took this, and he took this, and he took this, and he took this. And I'm still holding on to this. Like, let's be honest here. Okay, let's keep it 100. Some of us are still holding on to stuff that we don't need to hold on to anymore because we're like, we're helping him, right? I know, I know only myself do we pray and then try to help God through the prayer, okay? I'm the only guy that does that, so I'm going to work on that because... I think I need to explain it to him in uncertain terms. And I think his terms work way better than my terms, but I still want to help a little bit. I know you're busy, God. you got stuff going on. I can just a little bit. We have a moment when we know what we should be doing. And we don't like the fact that we know what we should be doing. And you're going to be mad at God about it for just a little bit. Like, I don't even want to do this. This is dumb. Ugh. Because you know you're holding on to a part of you that's blocking the blessing anyways. Get your own self out of the way. Remove it because it's toxic. It's toxic. Detox from ourselves to allow that power to come in us and to fill us and to strengthen us. 2 Corinthians 2, 14 and 15 goes this way. But thank God with an exclamation point. He has made us captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphant procession. Period. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere, comma, like a sweet perfume, comma.
or period. 15, our lives are Christ-like fragrance rising up to God, but this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. Death smells different than life. Okay? We all have an odor. All right? I have a downstairs changing room after football practice because that's not coming upstairs. It's not. We're going to wash it separate, and we're going to leave it downstairs, and can you please close the basement door? Fine. I'll do that. We have an aroma. We have a sweet smell of victory that exudes from us. That those who are in heaven can see us, but those here on this earth plane that don't understand it, they can't figure us out. Smelling yourself. You're right. I am smelling myself today. This is how I'm going to walk. This is how I'm going to talk. This is how I'm going to live because I have been given this fragrance. My smell has been washed away. My smell has been detoxed. What I am covered in now is his love and that fragrance. People can smell it. People can sense it. You already know by walking in this door, what you're going to get inside this building. Okay? Love is going to be here when you get to this door. People say it all the time. Man, I just can't believe how nice everybody is. Well, yeah. You want to know why? Because we're paying attention. We're told this is what you need to do. Love somebody. Don't question anybody. People who have been gone from church for a while, then they come back, are shocked all the time that no one asks them where they were. You want to know why? Because we don't care. We really don't. We don't care where you've been. We have enough stuff going on in our own lives that we're trying to figure out that I don't need to worry about where you've been because I'm out of control myself. So I don't care where you've been at. I don't want to know. I don't have that information. My wife tells me stuff. She'll tell me, now, I'm going to tell you something about work, but don't say anything. I'm already not listening. <laughs> Why? I'm not supposed to remember this anyway, right? So I'm going to sit there and be like, yeah, mm-hmm, told you she was crazy, and just do that because she needs to talk. She doesn't need me to interrupt. She doesn't need me to correct. She doesn't need me to help fix she doesn't need any of that. What she needs is to detox, to remove that, to understand that these crazy ladies at work are still the same crazy ladies at work. Even though they're Christian, they're still crazy. My job is to sit there and to listen. Not remember, but listen. Don't you remember I told you? No, I don't remember nothing. I don't, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. You sound crazy. <laughs> this is what our job is. We are disciples. We are ministers. We have been given the word, and we are supposed to walk forward and show people, just like those 12 disciples did, because it was, what? A tax collector, five dock workers, and six unemployed dudes that was just had nothing to do except hang out at the corner store. They didn't have anything else to do except follow along. And now we have all this information right here. 
They didn't have it, they just saw it. And they had to apply it. So there was no Bible then, so everybody got the word from what? Those 12. And who they touched. And who they showed light to. Who they give life to. What they gave new beginning to. They told somebody else who told somebody else who told somebody else. That's our job is to tell somebody else. That's all we're supposed to do while we're here. We've been given this life, this new life, this life of abundance so that we can go out and tell people what this life really feels like. To feel love. To feel real love. Not, in, not because of, but in spite of. It's an amazing feeling. It's an amazing feeling. And we don't understand it, so we got to detox it so we can understand everything that he is teaching us and what he's reminding us of. Don't be smelling of death. Some of us have to go to work, and by the time we get from the car, let me back up. Some of us go to get in the car and then have to go back inside and then go to the car and then go back inside. And then you didn't get gas. So now you're just hoping. Prayer life in full effect. God, if I could just get to work right now. I know it says E. And I've done the math. I've got about 1.8 miles left. I can get there. And then you're stuck in traffic because you was late because you forgot stuff in and out. In and out, in and out. Now I'm in a bad mood. Now I'm irritated. And I haven't made it to work yet. You're already reeking of death. You come in smelling. And people notice you right away. Ooh, not talking to her today. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. I saw crazy walk by. I ain't even talking to her today. Every morning when... When I'm at school, I stand outside and I greet every kid that comes off the bus. Good morning. Every day. Ain't nobody talking to me. Nobody. Not even my football players in the morning. It's just mad, angry black kids getting off the bus. Mad. Whole world hate everybody. Nobody says good morning. Bus drivers say good morning. And I usually can get about maybe four or five out of the whole morning. By 8.30, those kids are like, hey, coach, how you doing? They woke up. And the reason why they woke up is because they weren't around death anymore. If you could hear the way some of these parents talk to some of these kids when they drop these kids off in the morning, or if you could just smell the amount of marijuana in each car as it pulls up, and you're sitting out there, and you got to tell a kid, Hey, we got to get you some clothes because you can't be in school like this. Like this is, people walk by and be like, I tell kids all the time, coach, how'd you know I was high? Your eyes aren't open. <laughs> You're talking to me like this and you could and you smiled. So I already know. That's their way to escape that death. But we need to know that we can provide Somebody can be there to be the light in the midst of the death. Let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians 2, 5 through 10 reads this way. 
that even though we were dead, because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Six, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. Seven, so God can point to us in, to us in the future ages as examples of incredible wealth, of his grace and his kindness towards us, shown in all that he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Eight, God saved you by his grace when you believed. You can't take credit for this, this gift from God. Salvation is a reward for the good things that we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are his masterpiece. What if you were told every day growing up from when you were a little kid that you're a masterpiece instead of just a piece of... What if your mom heard, had her husband tell you that? So you, as a young lady, can see how a man is supposed to treat a woman. Or you, as a young man, is supposed to see how a man is supposed to treat a woman by calling them masterpiece. He has created us new in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he has planned for us long ago. Long ago, this was already written out. It's already covered. We just have to do it. Ephesians 3 and 20. Ephesians 3 and 20 says, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power to work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glorify, glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. We are going to accomplish more than we ever thought possible if we allow ourselves to work in the Holy Spirit instead of shutting it down and picking death back up. We have life. We've been given life and life more abundantly. We've been cleansed, but yet we still want to hold on to a little bit of death. Well, that death stinks. I can smell it on you. I can smell it on your shoes. I can smell it in your spirit. We have to do this. We have to make this change. Ephesians 5 and 2. Live a life filled with love following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Give people their flowers. Tell somebody you love them today. Reach out. Tell somebody how much you appreciate them. Live life. Give life. Be that speaker of life to people. It doesn't matter your education or your background, what it is. What does it mean to you in here to accept his love and understand how much power I have inside of me that I can walk around and tell people good morning when they don't even want to see me? I'm the last person people want to see in the morning at school. Coach, why are you always talking to me in the morning? Ugh. And coach, oh, why are you talking? Oh. Because somebody has to say hello to you. Someone's got to get you into a place of learning, and we need to access your brain by telling you something positive about yourself. Nice shoes. 
That's the go-to. I'm good with that one, right? I, I like study Jordan so I can tell kids, hey, those are, why? Because that's their car, that's their value, the shoes they're wearing on their feet is what makes them up. So if that's all they're worth, is some leather and some lace, why don't we tell them how much more they have inside of them? Speak life, choose life. Death is behind us, death has already happened. Now we're just waiting to get up in the morning. Let's end in prayer. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for this time, Heavenly Father. Thank you for your death, for Jesus' death today, because it allows me to rise each and every day, to greet my new life, my new present each and every day, to understand what you have given me, what you have supplied for me, how you've changed my life, and how you've changed the life of those around us. We thank you for all that you do, and we plead the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth over all of us, and in Jesus' name we pray, amen. See you guys Sunday morning.